a Holding On To Learning LLC production. Woo! The ideas expressed on this show are not the views of their employer. Besides, if you really want to take advice from this guy, well, you should probably do it at your own risk. You're going to love the exhausted educator in Class is in session. Here's the short bald dude from the exhausted educator show. What is going on, education heroes? You've stumbled onto the Exhausted Educators Show. I'm super happy that you're here with us today. I think you're really going to enjoy this celebration episode. Not because of this short, bald dude who will be running off at the mouth at certain points. Instead, because of our special guest, a third grade teacher from Robinson Elementary School who has struck a real balance between building a relationship in the classroom with her students, and still finding ways to drive home the important academic pieces that need to be happening on a daily basis instructionally. She's pretty impressive. I've known her for a while. I've seen the magic she does. I think you're going to enjoy where we also surprise her. Stay tuned to that. Before we get to the rundown of what's happening in today's show, I want to remind everybody you can hook up with us and connect with us at Exhaust Educator on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We would love to hear about the special educators in your life, former teachers, paraprofessionals you work with, principals, anyone involved with education that you think deserves to have a shout out. That's so many of you out there. So feel free to hook up with us on our social media platforms. Talk to us about who in your life deserves a shout out. You could also put it down below in our YouTube comments if you're watching this on YouTube. And last but certainly not the least, we'd love to hear from you. Just call us up at 302-492-5117, leave a voicemail giving someone a shout out in your life, and we will pull them into upcoming episodes. Here's the rundown. We're going to start off with a great interview with Mrs. Crystal Ray, third grade teacher. She's going to talk about the balance of all these things that are magical that are happening in her classroom. And she's also going to have a little surprise as we have some, se- some special guests join with Relish and a Ladle, which does not make any sense at all. But I promise you, if you stay tuned, it will become crystal clear. Then we're going to go to party time. It's all about how I'm in the weeds. I'm in the weeds, man. Not the, not the fruit, not the vegetables, not the flowers. What am I talking about? Oh, goodness. That didn't take long to get off the rails. It's all about why I'm in the weeds with my arch nemesis. And then we're going to finish up with finding strengths in new teachers. It's never easy to be a teacher. It's never been easy to be a teacher. It's never been easy to be a new teacher. It is really not easy to be a new teacher now. And finding their strengths and helping them find their strengths can be a huge key component to their success moving forward. Now, let me get you ready and prepped for this interview. So this is a personal interview for me. You see, Crystal Ray isn't just an amazing teacher who I know and have known for many years. She is the teacher 
who led my girls in third grade this last year through the crazy pandemic. And my wife and I cannot thank her and the other adults in the classroom enough for the magic that they did. They helped my girls out so much and the other students in the classroom. I think you're going to enjoy listening to her. She's just really humble, just a really good person, and she cares so much about every single student that walks into her classroom. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the amazingly talented Crystal Ray. Crystal, we are super excited to have you on. I've known you for quite a while. Our listeners don't know you. We're going to dive into who you are and the magic that you do in the classroom in just a minute. But uh, in Delaware, we're coming towards the end of our summer here. It's been uh, bruising heat at some points. What have you been doing this summer? Uh, What have been your favorite activities? Well, I have two kiddos. I have a 10-year-old and a three and a half-year-old. So my summer has been filled with lots of outside time, um, playing lots of baseball and wiffle ball in the front yard, some swimming, some beaching. I just returned from a trip to a little outside of Charleston. We did a three-day weekend down there. Lots of Phillies, either, you know, watching the Phillies in the living room or a couple live games. Um, Nothing too crazy, but a lot of family fun. Good. Good. I know you deserved it, and you put in some hard, hard work, you and, and your crew in your classroom, which we'll get into in a few minutes over the last year, a lot of hard work that was very meaningful, and you did amazing things. So before we go into all of that, though, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, your educational journey, what's happened in your life to get to this point where you're at right now? Okay. Uh, well, I'm, it's crazy to think I'm getting ready to start my 12th year of teaching. It definitely does not feel that way. Um, But I actually started out my teaching career in New Mexico. My husband was in the Air Force at the time. So um, I finished school when I was down there, got my first job. We were kind of like, well, let's just, you know, get our feet wet and see how things go. And then we'll head back home. And that turned into seven years. So I taught in New Mexico for seven years, Uh, did one year in kinder. The rest were in first grade, which I loved. Decided, um, you know, it's time to head home. This is the perfect opportunity. My daughter was getting ready to start kinder and we really wanted her to get a start with the same group of kids, you know, get her start in Delaware. So moved home, got hired uh, with Cesar Rodney teaching at Star Hill Elementary, took a third grade position, which had me scared to death because I was like, those kids are big, that math is hard um, and ended up loving it. I'm still in third grade now, uh, taught with you for a few years uh, while we were at Star Hill. And now we're getting ready. I'm getting ready to transition over to uh, David Robinson, where I'll be teaching third grade. And Everybody has been very fortunate to have you. I've known a oh, lot of teachers <laughs> through the years, and um, you, your style of teaching is just magical. Yeah, and maybe we can dive into a little bit of that in a few okay. minutes because you, you, have, you have a real good balance of a variety of different things that I think so many teachers are shooting for, to be honest with you. It is nice to hear you say that, Kyle, because I don't know about you. There are times where I'm teaching where I'm like, man, this is messy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what a mess. <laughs> One of the nice fe- nice characteristics about you, though, is your humbleness, too, right? I am. You know? Maybe humbleness. And if in like my case, if anybody offers me a, a, a compliment, I always think maybe maybe I'm naive too, not not seeing. You never right. get to see from the outside looking in, you know? Right. But yeah. So this last year, 
I, I was really hoping to hit on, you know, it's been, with you particularly, your, the startup for this last year was just intriguing, right? So crazy for everybody, trying to sift through the madness of the year. Your class, you, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain what happened to start your year, um, and maybe you, you can dive into it, but you ended up with, we it's starting remote for the school year. And then when you jumped on at the beginning of the year, you had a music teacher helping you out in the classroom. You had a paraprofessional also helping out, um, working with uh, a student in your classroom. And all of a sudden you have three adults thrown together magically and had to make it work. Uh, could you talk about like the, the craziness of your year and how on earth you put it all together uh, in the way that you did? Yeah, so uh, when we started the year, I had 27 kiddos on my roster, um, multiple, uh, you know, a lot of those kiddos are t tier two and tier three kiddos, um, and I had two that were considered special ed. So right away, um, I was approached by our administrator and she said, hey, you have a lot of these kids. I have um, our music teacher. Would you, you know, I I'd like to put them with you to support these kids. And I was like, right away, like, okay, yeah, okay, sure. And you know, luckily I have a really great relationship already from teaching with our with him for years. So I wasn't concerned about that at all with him. It was more, do am I even qualified to be telling another adult, not even telling, but like making suggestions as far as, hey, you do this and I'll do this. Or So I was more intimidated by that. Um, and then same with having a one-on-one -on -one para in my room. That's the first time I've ever had a one-on-one -on -one para all the time in my room, all during this pandemic. So it was kind of like, all right, well, sink or swim, let's figure it out. Um, fortunately for me and for our class, I had such a great relationship with both of those two people prior to everything. Um, you know, seeing them outside of school, you know, beach trips, things like that. So we had a friendship before we had to have like a working relationship, which I think made it so much more helpful um, because if there was something that maybe they didn't agree on, they could say, hey, so that lesson, maybe we try a little different approach tomorrow. And I would say, you know what, you're right. I noticed this has happened. So that right away made us, I mean, so cohesive. Um, and it was like that all year. I mean, we never had any kind of drama between the three of us. We all got along. Um, I had to uh, take a few days due to a death in our family unexpectedly. Um, and they just slid right in and were in communication with me. I mean, we truly did work as such an effective team. And we saw the growth in the kids this year. And I mean, it was it was really special. I've said to many people that if I had to hand pick a classroom for my children to go through this mess in, <laughs> It was your classroom, and I, you know, my wife and I say over and over again how thankful we were that our girls got to be in your class. <laughs> and interesting, before you know, when we were remote, even I was remote at that point. I got to, well, I'm trying to do my job and uh, you know manage a little bit with my my kids too. I got to hear some of the magic firsthand oh that you were doing in your <laughs> class. It was things like, you know, Reader's Theater, where you and your, your I'll call him your co-teacher, were like acting things out. And yeah. you're just making things, even though it was on a computer, you were going above and beyond to make it as exciting for the students. And we I'm appreciate you, that. It was truly great. Like you said, um, I especially loved like when it came to math, when we were all remote or even when we were doing hybrid, it was so effective given the circumstances um, to where we would right away have a game plan. Okay, I'm going to keep these kids. You take these kids, you go in a breakout room. I mean, so we were able to flex group 
online just because we had three different adults. I mean, it was, I thought it was great. How did the planning of that work? You know, I've worked with a lot of teachers and, and paraprofessionals, and I know the planning piece is really, especially at the secondary level, what we always go back to. How did, how did you work that out? It took a lot of trial and error in the beginning. Um, and I'll admit, I think like a lot of teachers did, we I tried to replicate what I would do in the classroom with what I was trying to do online. And for some things that worked and for some things that did not work. Um, but for instance, doing flexible math grouping, I've done that for the past few years. Uh, and that is something that translated very easily to online because I had like the whole group, I had kids who were doing practice and they would stay in the main room uh, with the one-on-one pair because they were working independently anyway. So that way she could support her student, but then just kind of be there in case kids had questions. Um, And then I would take a group in a breakout room and my co-teacher would take a group and then we would just rotate. Like I would just close out our breakout rooms and we would rotate just like I would do in a classroom, except probably even more effective than in a classroom because I had extra people and not just myself. Wow. And and that's a great lead into the next next question Mm -hmm. that I had for you. You know, and I, I honestly mean this, the magic that you were putting together and a bizarre situation. And you said you've been teaching 12 years and at the beginning, way back in your college days, you never for, mm-hmm. would it, could have foreseen the, the mess we'd be in. But there you are right. trying to teach on a computer, uh, you know, between w- teaching remotely or hybrid. Are there any pieces that you feel like will move with you forward into these next years, hopefully, as we're hopefully moving out of this mess? Right. There were certain things that I really enjoyed. Um, maybe not enjoyed, maybe for myself, as far as organization, I think something I'll consider is keeping student work online, integrating paper back into the classroom. Um, Just because I know like me personally, I'd rather do something on paper, but I loved being able to not have to shuffle through things to find student writing, or I could just scan through, um, you know, Classkick, the app we were using for student work. I could just scan down and say like, oh, they haven't started, they haven't started, just as a management technique. Um, another thing, and maybe more for like independent practice, using that more for practice so that I can see who's doing what um, without, you know, like the paper. I struggle with that just because sometimes I can be a little messy when things get chaotic and I lose things. And um, so that that I might keep. And then some of the asynchronous stuff I might keep around just depending on how the year flows out and how curriculums go, um, in particular with like science and social studies. So I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. There's still some things up in the air as far as what this school year will look like. I think once I have more information, then I'll know what what should stay and what should go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have a, uh, I think, a, a real good balance in your classroom. And I've seen you interact with so many students um, stu- students with, with specific needs, students who are high achieving, and everyone in between. And I just kind of think from my end, I've just always been really impressed with how you balance having fun in your class, how you're extremely compassionate. Um, the organization piece, you know, whether you feel this way or not, you always seem organized. <laughs> uh, you know, all of those pieces together, you know, is, there, is it just a... Is it a magic pixie dust you're throwing on top of yourself? How's that all work? I mean, I I really don't know. Um, I feel like I've kind of been this way. Like, I think it's just who I am. I'm like, I'm kind of the same way to my own kids um, where there's, you know, sometimes there's tough love, but there's also some silliness. I mean, it's I'm kind of the same way with my own children. <laughs> um, 
they like it or not. It's, I don't know, when it comes to kids, I think it's important they know like, hey, when I mean business, it's it's time for business, but knowing, but she can also be silly too and have a good time. And, and there are times where I'm feeling just as overwhelmed as they are. And I have to act a little goofy kind of for myself just to kind of take the pressure off myself and let them know like, it's okay. This is, this is low stakes. It's okay. You know? And, and I know I appreciate that about you. Um, you know, having my daughters in your class, it was as stressful as the year has been knowing they were in good hands of somebody who cared, not just you, but the other adults in the room who cared so immensely about them and always had their uh, interests at heart. But we're, was also able to, you know, kind of keep them moving on and understanding, you know, sometimes you have to, in order to get from point A to point B, mm-hmm. you do have to toe the line a bit, you know, it's a balancing act. And I just think you, you have found whatever, whether that comes for you so naturally or not, yeah. you found a really I good balance. Sometimes, you know how you work with teachers throughout the years, you pick a little bit of something up from different ones. And there was this really great teacher um, that I taught within New Mexico, and she would always kind of you know, I knew her before I was a mom and she always taught with that hat on at the same time. I would always kind of think like as a parent too. Um, but I remember she said something that's always stuck in my mind. And she, like at the time I taught first grade and she would say, you know, we're expecting a lot from these people that have only been on the earth for six or seven years. And so I think about that sometimes from my own third graders, you know, they've only been alive for eight, nine, 10 years. And we're expecting them to master all these things, all these things that are you know, some of them are concrete, but some of them are just these huge standards that let's be honest, sometimes it seems like it's really hard to obtain and, you know, all different walks of life. And it's so it's I mean, I kind of keep that in mind where school, you know, teachers probably shouldn't say this school's so important, but it's also not the end all be all. And we all have talents and things that we use in different ways. So I tell the kids all the time, um, Miss Ray was a horrible math student, still struggles with math and I'm doing OK. So. <laughs> You just do the best you can, and it's fine. And all of those things you were just saying come through. Like, all those pieces yeah. come through. One of, one of the things I always think of, um, and I, I tell a lot of new teachers this when I work with them, is that, you know, through the years, when you get so many years in, you look back and you think, huh, I don't real, didn't realize this, but I got a little bit of this information from this yes. teacher and a little bit from that teacher and a little bit from that teacher. If you're surrounded by a strong staff, you're yes. eventually going to become a stronger teacher. So um, yep. that's interesting that you'd say that. Um, hold on a second. Early on in, yeah, I feel like early on in my career, there were just certain teachers that I worked with who, they were very like, just very loving, very calm, but then also had this air about them of like, I'm expecting you to do this. And I've just kind of picked up from, you know, you learn from other, you learn from the greats. You'd say, you certainly do. Oh, yeah. hold on a second. You're okay. Okay, I, I hear I hear some knocking in our Zoom room oh, door. No. Let's see what's happening here. Oh, would you look at that? With some oh relish. my god, we have two young ladies <laughs> and that look like cafeteria workers. One's holding up relish, and the other one is holding up a ladle. Uh, Mrs. Ray, do do you know these young ladies? I do know these young ladies. They were both in my class this year. Obviously, they're my daughters, and we're very fortunate to uh, to have had you this this last year. Uh, why on earth are they holding a relish jar and a ladle, Crystal? Well, as they would be able to confirm, um, I tell the kids a lot of stories from when I was not Mrs. Ray, just when I was Crystal, the kid, um, so that we can, you know, 
know that I was a, a non-teacher at one point. Um, and I was telling the kids a story about, oh, I want to say like second, I was in second grade or first, I was in elementary school. Uh, it was hot dog day in the cafeteria. And when I went to where I went, um, you could be trusted around the condiments. You could get your own ketchup or your own mustard or your own relish, um, which was a mistake. So I had hot dog on my tray and I walked over to the condiment table and I saw this relish, which I hated. I didn't even eat relish, um, but the ladle was in there. And I thought, you know, this is my, this is my time to live as a lunch lady. And I started scooping and scooping and just ladling it onto the tray. Um, and you know, when you're a kid, you get away and you're you're not thinking long term how will this play out I'm just having a good time until um, a teacher comes over and is like why are you wasting all that relish and and then I was in trouble and not allowed to visit the condiment table anymore that was your experience with relish <laughs> and ironically as an adult I don't even eat relish just so. <laughs> That is, that is just one of the many stories that has stuck with my girls for all this time, and they absolutely loved it. It's one, one of, you know, hundreds of other reasons why they absolutely loved being in your class. Girls, do you have anything you want to tell Mrs. Ray before we get out of here? Thank you for making learning fun. <laughs> thank you. We can't thank you enough, and I honestly mean that. I'm going to remember that, girls. All those times I made you write informative pieces and doing your research. I'm going to remember <laughs> you thought it was fun. <laughs> uh, Bryn's still not sure about, you know, the writing end yeah, of it. Bryn's but she thinking, did it. Uh, and she yeah, came Bryn's a long way. Josie says fun. I say something else. <laughs> <laughs> they both had fun and they both enjoyed it despite the bizarre craziness and stressfulness of the year. And we can't thank you and the other teachers in your class, the other adults in your classroom for all the hard work you did. And um, we just wanted to salute you with a little bit of relish and, and a ladle. So <laughs> as my daughters are saluting you, literally. Thank you so much, Crystal. We appreciate it. Thanks again for jumping on with us. And thanks for Absolutely. all the magic you're doing in the classroom. Thank you. It's good to join you guys today. So Mrs. Ray is pretty awesome, huh? My daughters were super excited to, to hop on and just to be able to surprise her, but also give her a special way to, to thank her for all the amazing stuff that she's done. Thanks again, Mrs. Ray. We appreciate you so much. Party time. In this edition of Party Time, I'm going to talk about my arch nemesis. Weeds in the flower bed. Yep. You pull them, they come back. You pull them, they come back. I guess you gotta admire their persistence because, whew, they don't quit. But this isn't a story about how I hate pulling weeds. It's actually a quick little story about one day when I was pulling weeds. See, I was out one morning, out by my mailbox, pulling weeds, listening to a podcast, you know, because that's what I do a lot of times when I have tasks to do, put in the earbuds and listen to a podcast. And I hear this voice from behind me. Lady's voice, and she says, What a nice day to pull weeds, huh? I said, I, I thought to myself, I didn't hear that right. So I, I turned around and said, What was that? She said, Isn't it a nice day to pull weeds? I said, I'm not sure there's ever a nice day to pull weeds, ma'am, but I guess it's a nice morning, so I'll give you that. 
And then I had a conversation with her. You know, I didn't realize there were people who enjoyed pulling weeds. But this this lady did. She was just stopping by to, to help out my neighbor with something, and now she's having a conversation with me about the joys of pulling weeds from flower beds. Well, I learned something valuable that day. I learned that everybody's different. I mean, I knew it, but everybody's different about the things they like, right? So what does that have to do with your classroom? Mm, not a lot, but maybe this. You see, you might have topics that you don't enjoy doing. I mean, you got a whole year's worth of curriculum. There's got to be things that you're just not over the moon about when it comes to like teaching certain things. Well, those students in your classroom, although you may not be over the moon about teaching certain topics, some of those students in your classroom, well, they may be. And we need to keep that in mind. So, for example, if you're a history teacher teaching, I don't know, maybe you're not jacked up about the War of 1812, right? You have to keep in mind, there may be some students in your classroom who are really jacked up about that topic. And as tough as that is, and believe me, I know, right? You kind of have to find a way to at least fake the excitement. Find a way to bring in some kind of novel approach. And what happens a lot of times, just like I, I learned from that day, you know what? If I embrace it and try to make it exciting, like pulling weeds, yeah, you might like it a little bit more. So I want to finish up this episode talking about new teachers. It is not rocket science to let you know that it's tough to work in education. It always has been, and it is really tough now. Put yourself in the shoes of someone new walking into this situation. Oh, it can't be easy. It cannot be even close to easy. These poor new teachers... But there's something we can all do to help them out. You see, one of my favorite parts about my current position is I get to work with a lot of the new teachers. And they're enthusiastic and creative with fresh ideas. It's inspiring, to be honest with you. I love the idealistic approach of a new teacher. Well, a lot of times what happens when we try to help new teachers is they end up focusing on a laundry list of things that they need to improve on. Newsflash, people. Everybody's got a laundry list of things to improve on. I spent 20 years in the elementary school classroom as a special education teacher. I could, I could show you a list from here to three miles down the road of all the areas that I need to improve on and still need to get better at. And yes... New teachers need to focus on those things. But you know what we can do to help them? Help them understand their strengths. They've all got strengths. You see, just like the students in your classroom, every one of them has things they do well. Every one of them has things they can get better at. You know, if we reinforce the things they do well, it builds the confidence in them. And then real growth can happen. It's the same way with teachers. This isn't, this isn't like 
something new and innovative I'm sharing. It's just that, you know, when you can help teachers understand the things they're doing well, reinforce that for them, makes them feel good, number one. Makes them feel more confident, number two. But number three, it also lets them know I've got areas in my instruction that I don't need to worry as much about because apparently someone's telling me I'm doing this well, right? How many times do you think I'm working hard at this, but you don't really know if you're doing it well or not? A lot of times we need somebody to tell us, right? There's nothing wrong with a pat on the back from yourself personally, but also patting someone else on the back because everybody needs it. New teachers especially need it. Keep that in mind. You've stuck around to the end. Thank you. I can't believe it, but thank you. Appreciate it. Before you go ahead and leave, I want to remind you, you can connect with us at Exhaust Educator, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can also uh, hook up with us in the comments section down below. Let us know what you think. Any feedback is good feedback. Well, the other part is, we'd love to hear from you if you want to give a shout out to someone, whether it be on any of those uh, social media platforms, or we'd love to hear from you on the Exhausted Hotline, 302-492-5117. Give somebody in education a shout out, and we'll pull it onto the show, like a verbal pat on the back. I also want to remind you, if you don't have time to watch us on YouTube, or you don't want to look at my bald chrome dome, which I get it, uh, you can always listen to us on any of the major audio pod platforms. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts. In the meantime, I would like to remind you, take care of yourself so you can take care of them. Because helping's hard, people. And our goal here, as always, we're going to try to just not be horrible. Thanks. Have a great one. Party time! It's like... Sirens are going off in my head. We're going to try to just not be horrible. I'm watching you, exhausting entertainer. Always watching. Last Christmas. <laughs>